Hello and welcome to the Marketing Meetup podcast. Today we are going to be hearing from Becky Sims, who is the CEO of Reflect Digital. The thing I love about this talk is that Becky approaches content from a very different direction to what most people do. In this case, she speaks about how they used the creation of a game to actually drive a bucket load of traffic, a bucket load of engagement to their site. And they use themselves as the test case. And now they've been able to go out to other companies and say, uh, look, this is working for us. It can work for you. I really admire that. Uh, the other thing I really love about this talk is Becky's focus on not only the production of content, but then also the distribution strategy behind it. And I'm as guilty as this as any of us, but quite often I will produce a bit of content do the posting on social media and then let it uh, try to bring in any organic traffic that it can. Obviously, that's not the way that things should be done. And I really walked away from this talk uh, feeling quite driven to really reevaluate my digital uh, distribution tra- strategy because that's the thing that really moves the, the, uh, the dial when it comes to content, not just hoping that people turn up on your site because that never happens as much as we want it to never happens (laughs) Um, I want to say a big thank you to Baz from Bravo Marketing Uh, he's the guy that stitches together these podcasts but more importantly than that he is a creative uh, he is a engagement driven he is a splendid he is a handsome digital marketer uh, slash agency owner who delivers results from content in a way that uh, really should make you smile because he helps you do your job really well. So if you have the need for any creativity in your life, then uh, get in touch with Barry. He's the guy that will really help you really start to drive uh, actual results from your content and your creative endeavours. He can be found at uh, bravomarketing.co.uk. With all that said, I'm going to leave you to Becky. She did an incredible job. I'm going to get her to speak elsewhere if I can because I think she just did a fabulous, fabulous job at this talk. It's really quite lovely to be surrounded by so many amazing people. I hope you enjoy it and have a lovely, lovely, lovely day. Take care. That was an awesome round of applause. Thank you all. Thank you. So cool. So I'm Becky. I'm founder and CEO of Reflect Digital. We're a digital marketing agency and I'm going to talk to you tonight about gamification and how really is a tech enthusiast's uh, content marketing. So being part of London Tech Week, making sure we've got a tech angle in there. So tiny bit of background um, before I start on Reflect Digital. So we've been going eight years now, started literally in my bedroom and now a team of 25 based just down in Maidstone, just (coughs) south of London. Uh, We work with businesses from smaller local businesses up to people such as River Island. We're about to launch a game for River Island with Caroline Flack on the face of it. So that's very exciting. Keep your eyes peeled. Uh, Through to people like Manchester Airport and yeah, some really exciting brands that we're doing some games with at the moment. Um, And we do everything from designing and building the games through to the marketing side of it. And the marketing side is really what I'm going to talk to you about tonight and how it works in a strategy. Um, This, if anyone wants to take a photo of this, this link here forward slash antidote will take you to the full report that we did last year on um, gamification. So I'm going to be talking about lots of those stats as I go through, but that's where you can get the full report. We 
with all the details. Um, this will come up again at the end if you've missed it. So trust is at an all-time low, which actually is a very nice segue there from Gary, because it really is. Um, and there's so many headlines. I could have put up tons of headlines on all the stats around why trust is at an all-time low. We also then have the, the rise of the ad blocker. So let's have hands in the air. Who uses an ad blocker? Wow, that's a lot of you. That's that's coming up for 50% of you. And we're all marketing people because we're at a marketing event. And yet we're not letting ourselves be marketed to. But this then is a huge challenge, isn't it? That we work in marketing and yet we're in this place where so many people don't want to be marketed to. Um, which brings in the problem. So we spoke to 2,000 UK consumers. So this was, this was last summer that we did this research. And we made sure at the start of the research that they understood what we meant by gamification and games. So in all of these questions and answers, they kind of understood what we were talking about. And our research confirmed this lack of trust. So 58% of our survey respondents said that online ads have little or no influence on their buying behavior. So 58%, that's huge. And actually we know that even with that 58%, we're probably gonna be having some cut through because it's gonna be having an influence on them even though they're trying to maybe ignore the ads. But actually the fact that people are trying to ignore the ads is a problem. Um, we then look just at the age breakdown. So the young are still our best opportunity for, for being influenced by online ads from the research that we did. And it seems the older that we get, the more cynical we get and the less we think ads can have an impact on us. So consumers are becoming numb to all the tactics that we've had for, for quite a while now. And in my mind, it really means that we need to find the importance of how do we bring in the multiple touch points in that user journey and that decision journey and look at how we can build relationships with our audience and how we can cut through the apathy and how this will win. So what do I actually mean by gamification? Let's make sure we're all on the same page here. So it's the borrowing of elements of gameplay and putting them into a traditionally non-game scenario. And the idea is that we're trying to recreate the levels of attention and engagement that we have in the brain when we're playing a game. So that, that's what we mean. Now, from the research that we did, um, people are overwhelmingly open to this. So 93% of people that we spoke to said that they thought this form of marketing was engaging. So that, that's a really good stat. And they also admitted that this influences their behavior. So 60% of consumers, so that's a huge number, said that they would be more likely to buy from a brand if they played a game that they enjoyed with that brand. So that's a fantastic stat considering 58% of them were saying they don't want to be advertised to. Uh, and this then rises to 86% for those that had actually experienced gamification before. For the, so for those that said, yes, I've actually had this happen to me, yeah, I really am more likely to buy. And this is why we believe that this could be the antidote to UK consumer apathy. But let me take you all the way back to the start, because why? what right have I got to stand up here and talk about gamification? Well, this came from, in our agency, we had a bit of a quiet patch, and anyone that works in an agency sometimes have those times. And this was two or three years ago, and our design team and our dev team put their heads together, and they came up with this idea for a game, which is the game I'll talk about. And we thought, well, actually, this could be a really good test to see what we could do with this. And coming at it from an SEO angle, because a big part of what we do as an agency is SEO, Huge part of SEO is building links, generating PR, etc. So we wanted to see how could we use this to generate that PR in those links. So in August 2017, we launched Find 50 Clubs. 
This is the link if you want to go and play it. This will ruin a bit of your day tomorrow. You'll be stuck playing it. You don't have to be a football fan. You just need to know your towns and cities. Um, and it's a, it's a good bit of fun. And this is what the game looked like. Now, the game, when you get into it, is just a single page, just one page. And hidden in this scene that you're probably all just staring at thinking, what is this she's showing me, um, are 50 clues to football clubs um, or towns and cities, if you will. Is this a little laser pen? Mm, no. Um, uh, so, for example, here we've got a swimming pool with black water in it. It's Blackpool. It's say what you see, catchphrase. I've got you going. Some of you may sit there and I'm going to move on before I lose you all. But 50 clues, some are easy once you've got the kind of hang of it and some are really difficult. And so we had this idea, we got it ready, we've got it built and we wanted to launch it at the time of the Premiership starting. So a week or two before the Premiership was starting in the August, we started to go through our contact list that we built up and start to reach out to them. So this was the type of con way that we reached out to them, the content that we sent them. So instead of just your traditional outreach email of, I've got some content, will you feature it for me? We tried to kind of bring the graphic into it. So we showed them the scene, but just the top corner of it. And we spoke their language. So you've impressed the scouts and you've made the Find 50 Football Club trials. It was all for us about how can we make sure that we're using their language and we were looking for sporting journalists and people that would be interested in this content. We used uh, Twitter, so Twitter is a great resource for finding journalists and being able to make contact. And again, we were using their language, so warning, this is possibly more addictive than Football Manager. We're trying to get their attention. And we spent the kind of two weeks before launch doing this, starting to make these contacts. And there were loads of different ways that we did it across Facebook and Twitter. And it led to us getting Sport Bible to confirm that they were going to launch it for us with us. And they actually even gave us a quote, which we were then able to use on the homepage of the site. So we already had an endorsement. And that was just purely because they loved the game and loved the content. No money changed hands or anything. BuzzFeed, we put together a quick BuzzFeed version of the quiz so that we have that for the outreach stage as well. And these were some of the links that we were able to generate and there were over 100, um, but these were some of the biggest links and some of these links still drive us traffic today. Sport Bible, Planet Football and Who Ate All The Pies are probably the biggest ones for driving links still today. So two, yeah, two years later, we are still getting traffic every single day and people signing up and playing the game. Uh, we were award finalists at a couple of awards. The Football Business Awards was mad. We were up against like Sky Bet or someone and there's just little old us with this little campaign that we'd created. But it had made a difference and these were the stats. So this was after five weeks. Now if you imagine, this is from a standing start. We had no influence in the football arena. We didn't have a contact list to go out to or anything like that. We just started talking to um, people like Sport Bible and trying to get them to cover it. So to have over 80 6,000 people play the game within five weeks was just insane. Over 5,000 people created accounts, so that was about 10% of people were handing over their data. Um, it hit over 159 countries across the world. And these were the stats after two months. So we'd got up to the 100,000 visits, 
played in over 170 countries and the bit that was really exciting for us was the over 100 links because that's kind of why we started this. So we generated these fantastic links and actually after day one with the Sport Bible link, if you search football quiz, we were ranking for it and we didn't really have any relevant content other than this game on our website but the power of, of all the conversation that was going on, it made this difference. Now obviously the fact that we created a football quiz and it wasn't relevant to us, that's not what I'd be recommended to any of our customers. We just wanted to pick a niche and try something and this really was an experiment for our clients and customers and for you guys thinking about bringing games in you do want to make sure it's in some way relevant to your audience and your business what made it so good it was the right demographic so football fans do love playing quizzes so we knew that we had we were onto something we knew that they like to do this online it was addictive once you'd got 10 you don't want to leave it there once you've got 20 and actually by the point you're at 40 wow you are not leaving the house until you've made it to 50. it was challenging and it really is challenging so i'm sorry for that if you do go and play it the length of game this was quite important about this game because of the length of it people were willing to hand over their details because they wanted to save their progress if this was a game that you completed in one minute and you were gone that probably wouldn't have cut it, but actually because people kind of got maybe 10, 15 in and oh, I do need to get back and do some work, I'm gonna get in trouble now, they needed to create an account to save their progress. The outreach strategy, so you'd hope we'd be good at that as an SEO agency, so yeah, we had the, the right plan there. There was not a whiff of sales messaging and that's really important. Um, obviously for us, there was nothing to sell here because it was a bit of a test, but that is still the most important message to take away if you're thinking about gamification is it is not about selling, it's about relationship building. Now we created this community effect and this was just amazing and this was completely unplanned and a surprise to us at how wonderful the community were. People just started helping each other out. So we kind of hadn't really thought about how much we'd need to be on Twitter and helping people play this game. And we'd kind of come up with a plan that they could ask us for help and they needed to follow us on Twitter and we'd then give them a clue. And our kind of patter was that if they asked for a clue, we'd kind of not tell them, we'd just direct them a little bit. And suddenly, like one day in, we've got an alert on Twitter and I've logged onto Twitter to go and answer it and oh, someone's already answered it, who's that? And just this community started helping each other out. And they weren't telling each other the answers, they were doing the same as we were, giving people clues and helping them do it. And it was just fantastic that this just naturally happened um, and it made our job a lot easier that the community got involved. Forums were huge for us as well, so football forums are a big thing and actually normally you wouldn't talk about forums in an SEO talk in, in modern days because that can be a spammy place to generate links, but actually in this case it was really natural and it was really genuine and the conversations in forums were, were fantastic. The social conversation was mad, there were so many posts, my favourite is this guy here, Dominic. Of course, I'm thinking of putting it on my CV. I'm so proud of this achievement. So people were going to town with how excited they were. We had wives contacting us saying, my husband can now go to bed because he's completed this. So it was fantastic to see. So how do you get it right? For, for us and for the research that we did, it's all about knowledge-based puzzle games. People don't want to just play silly games that, I don't know, you know when you lose the internet on Chrome, there's a little game you can play like where you just got to jump over things. That's People will do that, but they're not going to remember it, they're not going to be interested, they're not going to tell their friends about it. People like to test their knowledge, they like things that are going to test their brain and, and challenge them. 
and it needs to be part of an integrated digital strategy. We see it all the time that brands just throw away money on games. We've done it many a time. We've gone in to talk to a brand and the first thing I do before I go in to speak to a brand is I'll Google their name plus game and see if they've done any games before. So I'll go in and I'll be like, oh, I saw that game you did on your website and they've got no idea it's there. It maybe predates them, but actually they can't work out and neither can I what the point of the game was, why it's there. Yeah, anything. So I think the thing is, it's how is it going to be part of a, an integrated strategy and how's it going to make a difference? So I'll run you through the do's. So do your competitor research first. As I just said with um, searching just brand and, uh, and game, you can quite quickly see whether your competitors have ever done this before. You can then check out on their socials, see around the time that it looks like they launched it, was there a social conversation? You can look for backlinks, where their backlinks coming back to it. Just try and get a feel for how successful they've been with a game previously, and this will just help kind of uh, direct your thought process. Conduct research and tests. So at the point that you're thinking of creating a game, don't just launch into it. We do a lot of testing, especially with our Find 50 games. We've done a lot of these now in the same format. And testing the clues and testing how challenging it is and making sure we get that balance right is really important because you get it too difficult, then you just lose people too easy. They're not going to tell people about it. They weren't that challenged. So the research and test stage is really important. Now it needs to be link worthy and that's especially if you're coming at this from an SEO angle. It needs to be something that a publisher would link to and there needs to be a reason for them to link to it. So that comes into thinking about does your game hook on to something that's going on in the media, something relevant to your business? What is the hook? Why would they cover it? So we had for our football one, the premiership. So that was something people were talking about and that worked as a hook. But it could be anything or you could create the hook. So it might be you do a research piece that then you launch the game at the same time because a game doesn't just have to be fun, it might be educational. Um, we've got a client that specializes in email security and we're building a game for them around helping people to look for dodgy emails. Like when an email comes in, how do you assess whether it's real or not real. So a game that helps you learn those skills that some people obviously don't have because that kind of email fraud is happening all the time. So actually that's an educational game, it's a bit fun, they're going to learn something and actually that would be brilliant launched alongside a, a research piece that tells you all the numbers of people that get, get done in by fraud um, via emails. Consider your audience and consider those link opportunities. So actually really thinking about who in your audience would this game target. If you were someone like Amazon, you're not going to want to create a game that appeals to everybody. You're going to want to try and be a bit more niche. So for example, our football game was a real intended audience that we knew would be interested. So thinking about how could you dissect your audience up and make it work. And then also thinking where would those link opportunities come from? What sites would you reach out to? Who would cover this? And then maybe doing some research on those sites to see have they covered similar games before and starting to note down who those journalists are that wrote those articles. Sense check it with journalists, so reach out to those journalists as you find them and ask them, like, would you cover this? What do you think of it? Could you give me any feedback? Because um, they will talk to you and they will help you, especially if they think that then they might be the first to be able to launch it. Consider influencers, so see if you can find influencers that would be relevant and have those conversations with them as well. 
And think about the motivation. So interestingly, with our football game, we did have a prize. So after six weeks, I think, we gave away a £100 voucher. So we were just going to randomly pick someone that had got all 50. And when I sent the email off to the winner, he came back saying, I didn't even realise there was a prize. He wasn't playing it for the prize. He was playing it for just the glory of playing it because he loved it. So trying to work out, do you need a motivation? So actually, the game we're doing for River Island, I think they're going to have a huge prize, which will help attract people. But they may not need it, but they want to do that to kind of attract the data capture and make sure people do get engaged. Think about what you need from a motivation point of view. Make it competitive. Think about leaderboards. Um, think about how that can be done to try and create that, uh, that competition. And consider achievements. So maybe when they hit certain levels, they get certain things. So we did a game for Caesars Entertainment. And when you hit certain levels, you would get a voucher to use or a money off coupon, for example. Consider all devices. I don't need to tell you that, especially in London Tech Week. We know we need to be thinking about mobile, etc. But thinking about all those devices and making sure it's going to work. Mobile's not going to be the best experience sometimes for a web-based game. I'll find 50 isn't the best in, in mobile as it could be. Well, not as it could be. It's kind of it's just limited. It's such a picture-based thing. It's, it is limited. So just making sure it's the best it can be in that space. Consider a series of games. Now, if you're investing in building a game from scratch, and yes, there's off-the-shelf games you can buy, but they're going to be a lot less tailored to your audience. So they may work for you, but actually doing something from scratch is definitely going to reach your audience. But actually, that's then going to cost some budget. So thinking about, is there a way? Could we do three games? And then the cost of each of those games is much less because we're putting all the investment into the platform. And then we can put different games out that suit maybe different sections of our audience. Don't hang all of your campaign goals on just one outcome. Think about multiple outcomes. So for example, a game can deliver PR coverage, it can deliver the links, it can deliver data. That's the really, really key bit, especially if, you, if you've either got that length of game where they want to sign up to save their progress or that they've got this big prize that they might win, they're going to be happy to hand over their data. And then the customer insight piece. So could you build a game where you learn something about your audience? Great example for this is, is a fashion brand, for example. They might do a quiz-based game, and there might be some clues in there that are very much influencer-based and celebrity-based, and they might have clues in there that are completely just different, more fashion-based. If I don't get a single one of the influencer right, ones right, which I probably wouldn't, then you know very quickly to move me into a bucket where I don't see anything about influencers, and instead I'm just hearing about what's on trend, etc. Um, whereas if I've really engaged with that, then you know that I'm more likely to be influenced by future email marketing saying that Holly Willoughby wore this dress or whatever. Think about how you're going to track success. So we use Google Tag Manager and we tag everything. We tag right answers and we tag wrong answers. Wrong answers are fun as well, not only for a giggle in the office, but that also might give you a PR spin-off story. Did you know this many people in the UK think this is this or something fun like that that someone like The Sun or The Metro might pick up on? The don'ts. Don't make it sales focused. I've covered that. Don't make it too complicated. And don't data capture too early. You can't ask for the data capture up front. This is, there needs to be a, a reward for the customer to want to give you their data, a fair exchange. So you need to have built a bit of a relationship, got them enjoying your game, and then they'll give you their data. What can you expect to achieve? So traffic and thinking about what you might do with that. So thinking about remarketing, etc. You're getting all this traffic to the, this site. 
the engagement, the social media side of things, that conversation and changing that conversation, making it something fun and interesting with your audience. The increased social following and making sure that you're encouraging that through giving them help and tips. The PR, the links, the GDPR compliant data capture. Who, who loves those four letters? Uh, the insight into your audience, the chance to change the narrative. We're building a game at the moment for a train company, and we all hate train companies. Their social media is full of people saying, you're late again, and why is rain stopping my train? What's going on? But actually, it's going to be great when it launches, because it's something they can talk about that's different, that's fun, that they're giving back to their audience. And it is just that awesome brand experience for the audience, where they're going to then talk to their friends about it, they're going to share it, and they're going to remember you for it. And it's the longevity piece. So you might have a timestamp on it for when the competition ends, but actually you don't ever have to take that game down as long as you get your T's and C's right, etc. That game can just stay there as something fun that people can do. If you're a business that then does events, you can have the game on the stand at events, for example. Like you can look at all the different ways that you might use it. We've had a client that wants to put it in their reception so that when people are waiting to go into a meeting, they can sit and play on, a, on an iPad. So thinking about all those different things. What next? So just thinking about where it fits into the funnel. So this is our version of a funnel. Um, so for us, it's the perfect fit at the friendship stage where we're starting to build that relationship with the consumer. It might be the first interaction that you have or it might be the very early stages of their journey. It also fits really nicely into the offering advice and support. So that's where you might have a more educational game. It might be helping them understand your world and where your product might fit into the world without being salesy. Sealing the deal, you will never find a game here and you should never find a game here. If someone's about to buy from you, don't make it difficult, keep games away from that. <laughs> but then the keeping in touch, once you've sealed that deal and you're now connected and you're, you're friends with this consumer, this is a great reason to con continue a conversation and to have something else to talk to them about. And then it's perfect for advocacy, so telling their friends about you. They're going to tell people if they enjoy playing it. The, the traffic that we had coming in from people referring people and people creating WhatsApp groups wanting to play games, etc., was just phenomenal. And then think about what you're going to do with this data afterwards. Think about your email journey planning. What might you do if they were at the friendship stage? How do we then start to move them down the funnel after we've played that game? If they were in a later stage, what different funnel journeys do we put them on? Think about retargeting. And then here's some more games. So we did a World Cup one. This one you do need to know your footballers. So only take a photo of this if you definitely know your footballers dating all the way back to when the World Cup started. So I was definitely out of this one. Very difficult. Uh, Find 50 clubs as you saw earlier. We've got a sweets one for anyone that's got their got a sweet tooth. So anything sugary and chocolatey, that's a good fun one to play. Casinos, so um, Caesars Casino. This is films. So if you're a film buff, these are films that have had a casino in them. Uh, and then here we go, forward slash antidote to download all the information from the report and forward slash meetup to get all of these slides as well. And thank you all ever so much for your time.